you had your Alaska homecoming game. Like seeing you on Instagram and everything, how many people came to see you? I was like, is this all of Alaska? <laughs> like it was crazy. It was super special. Like it felt kind of weird playing in that arena just because like the last time I played there was in high school. I won my volleyball state championships in there, my basketball ones, and then my wrestling state championships. So it was just cool to oh, like wow. a lot of a lot of state championships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just like one of those moments where like you're back where everything started. Like it, it kind of just seemed like a movie or like a fairy tale. I knew I was making an impact, but I think that really opened my eyes to see like there's people that certain young girls look up to mm -hmm. to find that pathway to doing what they want to do in life and um you know to be that for for the girls of like my same culture it's I don't even got the words to describe it like it's just <laughs> it's so crazy to me like man welcome back to sometimes I hoop today we've got a highly requested guest on the pod quick humble brag about our superstar Last year's Pac-12 Player of the Year, fastest Utah player to reach 1,000 points. She's second in scoring in the Pac-12 right now, averaging 21 points a game. None other than Utah superstar Alyssa Peely. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get into things. <laughs> We're headed into the final stretch of Pac-12 regular season. Tell me about how tough the Pac-12 is. I mean, you guys are sixth in the Pac and 18th in the nation. It's deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every game is literally like it feels like a tournament game. Like you're playing some really good teams mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't really ever get a break to like a team that you think, oh, like, like we don't really got to try hard to beat them. You know, like every game is super important to, mm -hmm. you know, just play your hardest. And um, it's just a battle. But I also think it's it's a cool thing. It kind of makes, you know, rankings and stuff a little tricky sometimes. But mm -hmm. especially this year, it's just like, you know, it's anybody's game. And so, you know, you just really it really comes down to who wants it more. And, um, you know, it's it's been fun to be a part of. I, I think like ever since I've been in the pack, it's been it's been like that. And so I don't know, just to play at such a high competitive level, it's, it's super fun. No, for sure. I mean, the pack has always been tough, like you know. And I mm -hmm. feel like people on the East Coast, the games are broadcasted over there, so they don't know. <laughs> but I mean, even though Arizona State's been down the last few years, it's still not an easy game. Like, they're exactly. still going to come out prepared and ready to go. So top to bottom, there's a lot of competition. Right. But tell me, who has been the toughest Pac-12 matchup so far? Well, we lost to the same team <laughs> twice, I think, in a span of like three weeks. So Oregon State, Oh, damn. I mean, they've They've been playing really well, and, um, you know, they're, yeah. I feel like, a tough matchup for us. And we've been hoping, hopefully, we'll we'll get them in the tournament. You know, third time's a charm. But um, mm -hmm. I think Oregon State, they've been playing really well. Yeah. I mean, later on, we're going to talk about sleeper teams. But I think Oregon State this year has come out of nowhere. Because last exactly. year, they were kind of rebuilding. I feel like this year, they're getting it together. They're close game against UCLA. It's been really exciting to watch them play. But... Before we get out of Pac-12, talk to me about you hooping against the number one team in the nation, 37 points. I was watching it like, yeah, that's what she does. It's hard to stop. <laughs> what was your mindset like heading into that game? Because it was a huge game. Yeah, it was a really big game for us. And I think like personally, going against a team that's a very good defensive team and kind of like, I don't know, like I feel like I haven't played somebody like 
Camilla and, you know, other posts that they had, and they're very deep on the post end. So um, personally, I just, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. I get kind of nervous, but, mm-hmm. you know, my mindset going into that game was just, you know, like, what do we got to lose? And um, my mindset every game is really like, I don't care who who's on the other side of the court. You know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to play with fear or nothing like that. I'm just going to go out there and be me. So I think as the game went on a little bit, like I got, like I was feeling myself a little bit. I got comfortable and, um, you know, I just started letting the game come to me and, you know, I ended up having a really good game. It was kind of sad that we didn't get the win, but, um, you know, it was it was a good thing for us and a good challenge for us. Yeah, I mean, watching it, it was working for you. Everybody saw that. I think South Carolina <laughs> saw that as well. They threw the whole roster at you. And so tell me a little bit about, there's a big difference of play from the Pac-12 to the SEC, especially with a team like South Carolina. So you mentioned playing as people like, you have Camilla, and then you have Ashlyn, and then you, they just all keep coming at you, no matter who it was. How were you able to still get things going for yourself? What was really working for you to have the performance that you did? Like with all those different type of defenders they had on me, I think each of them were different. Like Camilla obviously is is super tall and, you know, I have to Mm -hmm. find a way to get around her, get her out to the perimeter so I could kind of create in space. Uh, But with like when I'm playing against somebody who I know it says I'm 6'2 on the roster, but I'm a good like (laughs) 5'10". It's okay. You don't have to you don't have to come clean. No, everybody knows this, though. It's, it's no shame in my game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when I have, like, shorter defenders, maybe, like, 6'2", six, 6'1", two, six, six, two, like, I try to just use my body well to create shots. And I was kind of just using that uh, to my advantage the whole game with whoever was guarding me. Yeah, well, I mean, I played against you. You know what to do. It's like <laughs> you take away one thing, the footwork is on lock, you can pull people out. I think that the versatility of your game is what makes so hard for people to not only scout you, but you know, they can scout somebody, but once you get there, it's a whole nother thing. It's, oh, yeah. it's a whole nother beast once you get there. But talking about Oregon State being our sleeper team, is there any players within the Pac-12 or outside of it that you've kind of been impressed by this season that was maybe under the radar in past years? Reagan Beers, for sure. Oh, quick. Yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I hate playing against her. I can't even lie. Like, that's somebody who could match me in like strength and so you know and she knows how to use her body so well and she has great hands yeah. and finishes so well like it's it's a hard matchup for anybody really so um but she's been doing her thing I, I saw she she got hurt I think in their last game but no she's mm-hmm. she's I think been a player that I've been like super impressed with so far in the pack I agree last year coming in as a freshman she had a huge game against us. Cause like, you know, you scout somebody like, oh, they're a freshman. She came in and was handing out buckets. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're the real deal. Sorry for the disrespect, Miss Beers. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a lot of young players in the pack right now that are very talented with huge upsides. Without giving away your scouting report, I want you to kind of talk to me a little bit about breaking down how good they are, what makes them special, what sets them apart. So first one being my girl, Miss Lauren Betts. What do you think <laughs> has really improved in her game or helped her get to what she's doing this year? I think just everything, like just her finishing and like confidence is a huge thing. And like you could just see it in her game when she plays down low, you know, she when she's going to score, like, you know, when she's going to score. So um I just think yeah. that offensive rebounding, obviously, she's a great offensive rebounder. And just, like, how physical she is, I think that's super important, like, when you 
playing that position. So Yeah, I think she's come a long way from last year. And number one thing being confidence. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see her growth. But another young player from LA that has been absolutely hooping this year, Juju. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about what it's like going into a game. You're a prolific scorer yourself. So what is it like going against somebody else like her that you guys have to really focus on when playing against her? We always say it's not on one person to stop somebody who's a great scorer. It's on our whole team. And um, being present and making your presence felt, I think, even when you're not guarding the ball. And so, like, that's something that's super important when playing against a player like that. And, um, I mean, yeah, she's... Like, there's just some shots that she hits. I'm just like, there's literally nothing you could do about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. And, um, you know, I thought we did a great job on her last game. So, you know, we're just going to build on that and, you know, do what we do, uh, focus in on the game plan and stick to that. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with you when I watch you play. Like, you think you're there and you hit a shot and it's like, well, just got to eat that one. It's, it is what it is. Like, you can't have any hard feelings about it. Right. But switching gears for a minute here before we get into your early basketball, we're starting a new thing. Last week, we started with Georgia and, and Tahina, but it's going to be my my question of the day for the audience to get to know the way that your mind thinks. So this one's going to okay. be out of left field. I want to let you know in advance. So like, don't freak out about it. So would you rather choose to gain the ability to read minds? However, <laughs> every time you use the power, you uncontrollably pee your pants. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there's ways to go about this. I'll give you my answer once you give me yours. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even know really? if I would if I would want to be reading people's minds. <laughs> mm, okay. See me, I'm nosy. Like <laughs> I want to know. So I feel like my way about it would be I would like know who I want to read minds with when I want to do it. So I would time my bathroom breaks or wear a diaper if I know I'm going to an event where I want to read people's minds. But that's just me being nosy. (laughs) Um, And then our next question for you is, what's the biggest animal you feel like you could beat in a fist fight? Like one-on-one, no weapons, in their terrain, you and an animal going head-to-head. Who do you think you can beat? Hmm. Dang. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to influence your decision with mine. So I got to hear yours first. Okay, probably. Uh, no, nah, I was gonna say kangaroo, but I'd be seeing videos of them giving people hands, giving people business. And kangaroo <laughs> Jack. Oh my God, he was, he was giving out hands. <laughs> um, shoot. What's a soft animal? I don't know. I probably have to go with like a. Maybe a black bear or something. I don't know. Wow. It's a funny black because bear? <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if I can actually do it, but I heard because in Alaska, like there's been some incidents where like black bears would come to people's campsites and stuff. And they said that like since mm-hmm. it's like a smaller bear, like if you punch it in the nose, it will just run away. So I feel like I could do that. Hey, yo, that'd be crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, black bear's tough. Mine, mine is a giraffe. I feel like I'd take out the knees and then go for it. I feel like I could do it. I don't know, though. Black bear seems kind of cooler than a giraffe. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. If you were up boxing with one, that'd be crazy. I feel like I would only win if it ran away, though, if it worked, if my tactic works. Like, if it runs away, I'm not. you don't have to chase after it. Like, that's a dub in my book. <laughs> so you'll be fine. But you mentioned Alaska, so let's talk about your early hoops. Grew up in Anchorage. And before we get into it, fact or myth, is it true the whole, like, 
sunlight and there's just straight up days of darkness situation because I feel like that doesn't work for me. Well, in the summers, like in Anchorage where I grew up, the sun sets, but it doesn't really set. Like it never gets pitch black out in the summer. Like it will always Mm -hmm. stay like kind of light out. But in the town, like a smaller town where I used to live, it's called Barrow. Mm -hmm. And there's like a span of like, I want to say like two to three months where the sun doesn't set at all. Wow. And then there's like, it's the opposite. Like in the winter, like the sun doesn't come up for a couple months too. So stop it. What? It's no, crazy. ma'am. I'm sorry. Props to you for dealing with that. I don't know. <laughs> but talk to me about what it's like growing up in Alaska and in your community. You had a big family, four brothers, four sisters. You're the oldest girl. Tell me about that family dynamic growing up with that many siblings. I just had one and I thought that was a lot. <laughs> so how is all those siblings in one house? It was definitely a lot of trouble, but, you know, it was never boring. It was never boring. Like we're always uh, and zero privacy because we lived in a house where, you know, there was two rooms. My parents have one of the rooms and then one bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're always just like all up in each other's business. So it's like mm-hmm. very transparent. And honestly, like like when people ask me about kids, like I always want to say like I have I want a big family because of like how it was growing up. Like it was so much fun. And, um, you know, like I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like I love my siblings to death, even though. They get on mm-hmm. my nerves, but um, yeah, you know it's 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 a bond that just like you can't get nowhere else. I think, and um, like my family is super important to me, and it's like like something that is a trait about me that I kind of try to live with on my teams and stuff like that, like a family dynamic. So um, that's why that's super important to me. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that the sibling dynamic they get on your nerves like nobody else will. It could be the simplest of things, but I'm like losing it. But that's amazing to hear that you guys were all so close. And mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, you played football with all your brothers and your dad coached your team. So was it true that he made you go one-on-one against every boy at practice? Because me personally, I'm not a football gal. So I, I could not handle that. So talk to me about if that's true and what that was like. Yeah. So like he would he would run our position because I was the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. So sometimes we would do this oh, okay. drill. Okay, you were in the heat. Sometimes we would do this drill where it was just one-on-ones. You know, you got one person blocking and I was the one blocking and then somebody trying to get to the quarterback. Uh And so, like, he would literally just, like, have me go block and go through the whole line of boys and just be standing there like, like, we're going to keep going until one of y'all beats her. (laughs) Like, he's just, like, over there on the boy's head and, you know, like, saying, you're getting beat by a girl and this and that. So it was always funny at practice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, him saying that definitely got them fired up, I'm sure. Like, you're like, hey, you don't you don't need to hype them up like that. Because I know that really be getting in boys' heads, especially when mm-hmm. they're young. But you played a million different other sports, having 13 state titles across your high school career. First of all, like, how did you have the time for all of that? You have four in volleyball, four in shot put, two in discus, and one in wrestling. And you sing. So is there anything that, you know, you're not good at or you just always been good at everything (laughs) um shoot I don't know yeah I've I've always been wow my dad was like (laughs) yeah my dad he put us in every any and everything like and we always like even if we weren't like doing it competitively like we did it at home or something so and it's just like a competition thing with my siblings and everybody like you got to be good (laughs) yeah there's no other way I'm sure 
But being from Alaska, I'm sure it was hard getting recruited. It's harder for college coaches to get there. There's not a lot of AAU teams. I'm sure it's hard to travel to the mainland. So what was your recruiting process like? You were a five-star recruit, three-time Alaska Gatorade Play of the Year. What was that like getting recruited? Was it more sending in film or did people, I'm sure they made the trip out to see you. <laughs> yeah. Um, exposure has always been like a problem with sports in Alaska. And like we just had people like my high school coach was really good about like his connections and stuff like that. So he has some connections to coaches and people who know people. And um, but really, I think what helped me a lot was just traveling on my AAU teams uh, in the summers, mm -hmm. going to, you know, some good tournaments and just getting in front of college coaches. I think that's really what got me my offers and things like that. And, you know, it was kind of tough because, you know, you only play, you're only playing so many games and, you know, you have that much time to show out. And, you know, because once you go back to Alaska, ain't nobody going to watch you. So <laughs> it was, just, you know, you had to show out and be prepared when you went. And that's kind of how my recruiting process went. And because I never really knew how it went either. Like, I didn't understand it or nothing like that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I never had anybody in my family or nobody that went through it. So I didn't have anybody that knew about it. But once I got more serious about it, I started talking to, you know, my high school coaches and stuff like that about it more. And, you know, they kind of helped me, you know, get myself out there and things like that. You had all these different state titles and all these different sports. So when for you did it become basketball? You were like, this is what I want to focus on. I want to go to college for basketball. I want to do all these different things, especially being the first in a while to come from Alaska. Honestly, like throughout my whole like high school, I was a multi-sport athlete and my main focus was basketball but I don't think there was ever a point like before college like that I put everything else aside I don't think it hindered me really like going into college because I don't know like my dad he had a reason behind everything he did and you know putting us in a bunch of different sports just kind of gave us like different skill sets and different strengths from each one I think and um I think when you play so many different sports like you I don't know it just movements and things like that come more naturally to you. And um, I think that's what honestly like helped me become a better athlete. But yeah, like to answer your question, I never really, until I got to college, put everything else on hold and just was strictly basketball. Yeah. I feel like I was the same way in that I played every sport imaginable growing up. I did not do shot put. I did not <laughs> wrestle. I wish I could, but I did, you know, soccer, the volleyballs, waterfall, all those different things. And I feel like it sets you apart, like you said, the different movements. I think it's also, you have all these different friends and all these different places. You're working with different types of people. So when you get to college, you know how to work with people from different backgrounds. And then even further than that, like, I feel like I may have burned out if I only did basketball. Like right. I was such a busy person. I needed to have all these different things. Like if I only played basketball my whole life, Oh my God, like I would get tired of it. I'm like, I need all these different things to do. But what kind of made you choose USC? Was there any other schools that almost got you? Or did you always kind of have USC in your mind in terms of that's where you wanted to go? Yeah, I think once I went on my visit to USC that my mind was pretty set. I still had a couple more visits after that. I went to Arizona State and then Pepperdine. Mm -hmm. And Delisha Milton was the coach at Pepperdine. And so, like, I really, I loved my her. Girl. Oh my gosh, yes. She's, yeah, she's the best. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I really wanted to play for her. And Arizona State was, 
it was a pretty close one for me too. I enjoyed my visit there too. But I think, you know, like like I said, like once I went on my USC visit, you know, I kind of had my mindset that I was going to go there. And mm -hmm. um, I think it was just, you know, my brother, he was on the football team there. So I had him there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I really liked the coaches there, Coach Erica Hughes and Coach Mark Track I played for. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I just felt like, that was the right decision for me at the time, you know, but looking back yeah. at it, you know, I, I don't know how, how good I was at kind of decision making and like really weighing everything out, but I'm, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have changed my decision. I'm glad I went there and experienced what I did mm -hmm. and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And so, you know, in the moment, that's what felt right for me. And that's why I chose USC. I think you're completely right on that point of like, we're 17, 16, 17, mm -hmm. making a decision where you're going to be for the next four years of your life. Right. And you're making this decision, not like you're trying to get information from people, but recruiting is a business at the same time. So, you know, you go on the visits, you everything's perfect for that weekend. Like we've been right. hosts, you know how to put it, put on a show for a mm -hmm. weekend. So I think it's, you touched on a really important point where like making a college decision is so hard. It's not just basketball. It's the school that you're going to, the community that you're joining for you, going from Anchorage to LA. That's a mm -hmm. big culture change up. Oh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what that was like, you having your brother there, how important that was to help you with that transition. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I'm a big like family person and you know, I'm super close with them. So I think having my brother in college where I'm away from home for the first time and ever, I think that really helped me not be so homesick and, you know, kind of just feel more, I guess, secure. You know, having my big brother there was just, mm -hmm. it was great. And, uh, oh man, like Alaska and LA, it's like polar opposites. <laughs> so yeah, I can was, imagine. Yeah, it was a big, I was glad to be out of the cold and I was glad it was, it was warm all the time. But, you know, the people are just so much different and it's just like such a big city to where, you know, I'm used to like such a close knit community from, coming from Alaska. Like everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of new for me and uh, it just took me a while. Well, honestly, while I was over there, I don't even know if I broke out of my show, but, you know, I was just kind of very to mm -hmm. myself and conservative just because L.A. is very outgoing and the people are so outgoing and it's just mm -hmm. it was a lot for me. So I just really kept to myself and I don't know, I was just always with my teammates or with my brother. But once I like got used to it and, you know, L.A. was it was somewhere like. I like living and just because like I feel like mm -hmm. going to college there in USC like it wasn't I guess the full LA experience just because especially when you're a student athlete and like you got no car or nothing like mm -hmm. that you're always on campus so yeah it got better in the sense of that where you know we kind of like I'm meeting people within our campus and other athletes and things like that so with that transition, do you feel like there was anybody in particular that really helped with that transition outside of your brother? Maybe a teammate, maybe a coach. Did you Were you able to find a community maybe outside of the team on the USC campus that helped you kind of get the rhythm, get into things, help you feel comfortable in L.A.? One of the seniors that was there my freshman year, Kayla Overbeck, she was somebody who really was like like a mentor to me. And she was my same position. So you know, she had a car and she had been in L.A. for a little while. So, you know, she she would take me out and get outside of campus and things like that. So she's someone who definitely helped me get more comfortable in 
just in LA and um, getting a feel for it. And then two of my teammates that I became super close with, Kira White and Jordan Jenkins, and then India Rogers for a little bit until she Mm -hmm. uh, transferred. You know, we would just always Mm -hmm. be out doing stuff. I don't know. We just took advantage because I feel like our freshman year, we didn't really do anything like that. And then COVID hit and then we're like, okay, the next year we got to take advantage of (laughs) being outside and, you know, all all these things. So I think my last year there was probably where I felt like, I don't know, just like, like I fit in more and I understood more and was just more comfortable in that community. Yeah. Well, I feel like it takes time. And um, Mm -hmm. like not a lot of college athletes talk about you're immersing yourself into a whole new community. It's like your first time away from home. And it's also like, I don't know, I get nervous about meeting new people, forming connections, opening up to people. And I feel like (laughs) COVID hitting our freshman year changed the trajectory of everything. Like taking things for granted prior, now wanting to get out more, making connections, doing all different things. But it takes a while for a lot of people, myself included, to really feel like close-knit. And I think that it it pays dividends then to not only your performance off the court, but just how you're doing in general, like going Mm -hmm. to class, the campus life, meeting more people. It makes all the difference. But jumping into that freshman year that you had, it was lit. You came out hot, (laughs) averaging 16 and 8, Pac-12 freshman of the year. What was clicking for you freshman year? Because it looked like a lot. Yeah, I think just the team we had, we had a very talented team. Like, I just felt like, I think when conference started, like we started to click more and pre-conference games, I wasn't, I wasn't doing as well as I knew I should have. And, you know, mm-hmm. I had some talks with the coaches and just kind of getting a sense of what they needed from me and kind of like vice versa, what I needed from them. And so I think going into conference, the first game, I think we played Arizona or something like that. And, um, I just went out there and seized the moment. Really, I stopped, stopped trying to be in my head so much. You know, coming as a freshman, it's it's kind of tough to do that because you know you're you're gonna make mistakes and it's new. And so, you know, I I felt like I was kind of letting that get to me a little bit. But once I just let all that go and you know went out there and just was playing more freely, and um, you know my coaches put me in great positions to do well as well. So that helped a lot. And you know that turnaround for me was just what what clicked the most of just, you know, not being afraid to go out there and and make mistakes and just learn from them. Yeah. It sounds like we have a very similar mindset. Like we both play the best when we're free and not Mm -hmm. thinking. And when things start to go wrong, I'm up in my head. I'm nervous. I'm thinking about a missed (laughs) shot. I want to perform a certain way. But like when you get out there and play loose and just have confidence in your game and what you bring, I mean, like there's nothing they can do to stop you. And I think that that freshman hump is hard because you come from high school and everything's easy. Like you're chilling. Like I could pull up out there, do whatever (laughs) and just like get straight up buckets. But now it's it's a whole new system. You're playing against other great players. There's Mm -hmm. expectations that you have for yourself. And so it adds a lot more, but I mean, sophomore and junior year, you battle with some injuries Mm -hmm. and then heading into your senior year, you decide to enter the transfer portal. And I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about the transfer portal and why people decide to leave and all these all this outside noise about it. So talk yeah. to me about what led to your decision and what that process was like for you deciding to go into the transfer portal. Yeah, so I I don't know, like you said I was battling with some injuries and things like that. So it mm-hmm. was super tough for me to kind of bounce back from that. It was just a bad sprained ankle and it had me out for like 
shoot from the end of October to I think mid-January. So I missed a lot of the season, but it was just that coming back part that was super hard. And I think like mm -hmm. the biggest thing that got me was probably like just getting back to playing and then not playing like you know you could play. It's just mm -hmm. like frustrating. And like, like I said, it's a mental thing. And so I think that's what had me for for so long. And that's what was my problem, really. And um, my last year at USC, uh, we had that coaching change. Coach Lindsay was hired as our head coach. And then she brought in a whole new staff. You know, I was just, I was going through a really tough time, not only with basketball, but just with my family. I had three of my family members pass away within half a year. And so it was super tough on me. It was the first time I really lost people who were so close to me. And so I didn't really know how to deal with that. And, you know, I, I might not have dealt with it in the best way, but I don't know. I just felt so like I just needed a fresh start. And so I decided to enter the transfer portal and, you know, kind of get that because, like, I'm not going to lie, like, when somebody's going through a tough time, like, it's hard. It's hard as a coach to know how to support them sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. And especially with what I was going through. And, you know, my family is so, like, dear to me that, you know, it kind of, it just tore me apart. So I couldn't expect everybody to, you know, be there in the way that I needed them to be there for me or even, like, because I didn't know either, to be honest. Like, I didn't know mm -hmm. what I needed. So it was a mental battle for me my last year there. And so, like I said, I just wanted a fresh start. And that also, like, kind of pushed me to, you know, it's like, it's almost like you're going back to freshman year. You got to prove yourself all over again. And, you know, you're playing for mm -hmm. new coaches and things like that. So I think just having that discipline and just that commitment to, you know, get myself out of this hole was was what I needed to do. And like starting somewhere new was, I think, that little push for me. Entering the transfer portal, it was it was a lot different from when I was coming out of high school. Like you said, like we're super young. We don't really know what what's best for us and, you know, what decision is best for us. So I think going into the transfer portal, I really like sat down and talked to my parents and just really thought about what I needed in a program and what was going to help me based on like the experience that I've already had my last three years. And so, you know, I think it was much more like intentional going into the transfer portal. Well, I, I really appreciate you sharing all that with me. That is a lot to handle being a college student, being anybody. I think especially with how much you talked about how important your family is to you, mm -hmm. the community that you had in Anchorage. And so I appreciate you sharing that, but I think it, it shows, you know, how strong you are. Like you talked about having that discipline to keep going, keep pushing, confiding in your family. It's a lot to handle. And I mean, it's hard. And the transfer portal is hard already. And you're already dealing with mm -hmm. so much, the ankle injury. You're, you're in LA, you're away from your family. There's all these different things going mm -hmm. on. And so choosing a place like Utah, knowing what you were going through, looking for that support system, looking for that new community, but also getting back into basketball. What about Utah and Coach Roberts and the girls on that team really set apart why they were so special and why you wanted to end up going there? Like you said, like when you go on visits and stuff, it's like you get a good time. You know, they're going to they're gonna cater to you and do all this. But um, I was really like, when I came on my visit here, it was right after I went on my visit to Gonzaga and I was mm -hmm. 
I was pretty close to, you know, making my decision to go there because I really enjoyed my visit and all that. But once I came here and I just loved it. And the biggest thing I think that stuck out to me was their culture and their identity. Like they had a very like set thing about them that, you know, they knew were a part of their program. And, you know, it, it was evident to like anybody who watched them. And so mm -hmm. um, that was a big thing. And then especially after having, you know, not so good of years, the past two before I entered the transfer portal, just hearing Coach Lynn and, you know, the rest of the staff talk about my game and like I could really tell like they believed in me. Yeah. And um, that was something that was super important to me just because like, you know, at the time I don't, I didn't even know if I had any belief in myself. So mm -hmm. to have somebody like, that's gonna, you know, believe in you no matter what, you know, after having two bad years, I think that's where I got my confidence back and I got like more comfortable and confident in myself. And, um, you know, I just think it's, it's, it's super important to have your coaches just believe in you and push you to reach your potential. So, yeah, you're completely right. I couldn't have said any better. I think finding a staff, a program that believes in you, not only in your on-court capabilities and seeing mm -hmm. things that you may not even see in yourself at the time, but it sounds like they're also there to support you as a person first. Everything you're going through, learning about you, learning about your community and how they can best support you through that. And then in that, instill that confidence that you may not have right now, but they believe in you and they believe in the process that they want you to have. I think that that means the world. And I think that we can see mm -hmm. it in so many different cases about how that changes somebody's game. Exactly. And you came in and you came out hot. And <laughs> what was that like for you after having two tough years to be able to come out, change your mindset, work through a lot of different things and still be able to come out and perform like you did? It was just like, it felt so good. Like, I just felt like I was me again because I hadn't felt like myself for shoot for years really and you know just to get that feeling back and to do it with people who fully support you and you know believe in you it was it was such a great feeling and you know at first like to be honest when I was doing well it was kind of like nerve-wracking in a sense just because like like I feel like I was in a slump for so long where like I had this fear of falling back into that slump. So it was like, mm -hmm. sometimes I was putting that extra pressure on myself. And, um, you know, when I realized, you know, I worked for this and, you know, I worked through everything to get where I'm at, like I kind of just took off from there. Yeah, I mean, I saw it from an outside point of view. You did take off and talk to me about, you know, you talking about the community at Utah, what made it so special. What were some of those things that, helped you flip that switch to kind of pull yourself out of that hole? Yeah, I think when I first got here, you know, we did a lot of things in the summer together with the team, outdoor stuff like hiking, going swimming and things like that. And mm -hmm. so that type of stuff like really reminded me of back home in Alaska. So I feel like just having that sense of community and like that sense of like where you come from, like that reminder, I think that really helped me. And then I also have family out here too. My cousin mm -hmm. that passed, her brother lives here. So I got to spend a lot of time with him and, and his kids. So, you know, anytime that I have with my family, it's it's super like just healing, I think, every time I do. And so being around genuine good people, it, it really helped me to, you know, bring myself out that hole. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, having family around is so important. I mm-hmm. mean, that's part of the reason why I chose Stanford. I was only an hour away from home. So being in Utah and having that family around you, I know it's special from my Stanford experience. You have grandparents at games, they have season tickets, people that you haven't seen in years come out, family members, whatever it may be. After a hard game, you can go get a meal with them. So how special was that to be able to have that home away from home there in Utah? And I'm sure and your family was able to come out more because they have family there to stay with. It's just all these little things add up to then not only your performance on the court, but more importantly, just how you're doing mm-hmm. and the mental and just feeling whole. It's a huge difference just having family there. Like, because like you said, like stuff as simple as just like going out to eat all together, like after a game and things like that, it just that kind of stuff just brings me so much joy. And, you know, just having people to hug and, and see they're like physically supporting you. It's it's just there's no greater feeling, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. you know, my family from back home has come out to a lot of games, too. And so I just love seeing them at my games. I get a little nervous still when my dad be coming to my games, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's always good to have them there. Yeah, no, I, I can feel that. My mom coached me growing up. So there's always there's always an extra <laughs> bit of nerves there. It's like, right. you know, there's always something extra there. And then with my dad, I'm like, okay, play it cool. You know, keep her in check. I don't need to have a little <laughs> film session after the game with her. But I think it's so special to be able to have family there. And like you said, just like having that embrace after a game, mm-hmm. good game or bad game, whatever it may be, getting to go and see your people, it's a special type of feeling. You're getting more comfortable at Utah. The girls are great. The staff, the university, the whole thing. Was there maybe a game or practice that really made you feel like this is where I belong? Like you're feeling back to yourself and you're hooping and all this different stuff. Um, I think when we first started right before, I don't know if it was right before conference. It might have been like beginning of season. Like when we played mm-hmm. Oklahoma and uh-huh. I think the score was like 124 to Shoot, I forget what they had, but it was just a. I remember y'all whooped them. Y'all whooped them. <laughs> I remember. I remember seeing the score and being like, "Oh, no!" But I think that game was was that for me, just because. Yeah. You know, it was just so much fun. Everything was clicking. It was just like we couldn't miss, and just playing with teammates who like get joy out of like seeing their teammates doing good. That's just. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a great feeling. And just, like, playing as a team. I know it sounds so cliche, but, like, that, it literally, it's so much fun. It makes it so much more fun. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that was a game where I was, like, like, I love it here. Well, that's a good game. Y'all won by, like, 80. <laughs> and y'all couldn't miss. That's a great game to pick. But I think you you touched on it. It's, it's completely right. Like, when you have a team, and it seems like from playing against you guys and watching you guys, like, the camaraderie spans off the court as well. And that's what makes the chemistry so special. Mm-hmm. And so was there a time, I feel like the year that we won, I was, we were in the summertime and I was like, oh yeah, like we gonna be good, you know? Was there a time, because you guys ended up going to the Sweet 16 and all these different things, mm-hmm. was there a moment in time where you were like, oh, like this chemistry is gonna push us. We can be a contender. Yeah, I think when we first started like official practices and we started to play against you know, like our practice boys and things like that. Like there's just like glimpses where you could just tell, like, it's just a scary sight out there. Like the way we have so many skilled players, but at the same time, like everybody is so like unselfish and just willing to create great shots and like create 
team basketball, I think that's kind of what I noticed or like I, I thought to myself, like, like we're going to be really good when we started playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we were we were clicking like right away. And I think there was only like one time in the season really where we kind of hit like a slump a few games. And, uh, you know, it didn't it didn't last too long. But, uh, you know, every team goes through those. But I think we were pretty consistent with just like clicking together throughout the whole season. And, you know, it was super fun. Yeah, I mean, I witnessed the clicking firsthand. It was hard. Just <laughs> it's hard to stop y'all. Like, I think it's one thing when a team has a lot of talented players, but they don't play together. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's easy to guard them, right? right? Like everybody wants to do their own thing, but playing somebody like y'all and the team that you guys have been kind of building these past few years, it's gonna be somebody's night every night. And right. all of you guys, at one point, it's like you know, sometimes you want to get in the other team's head because you know they're gonna fall apart. Y'all aren't going to fall apart, which is very annoying from a competitor standpoint. <laughs> you know, things get tough. You guys are swinging the ball. Oh, she hits a shot. She hits a shot. And they're guarding you. And it's like, can y'all slow down, please, with the threes? Like, <laughs> cool it. You know, it's a lot to handle. Yeah. But you were top of the Pac-12 and Utah's first time in the Sweet 16 since 2006. Mm-hmm. 27 and 5 record. And you were the first Utah Pac-12 player of the year. Talk to me about just how... Because I remember we were there and we lost. And then that means we were co-champs. And I was like, ugh, you know? But like, it was, it was, the atmosphere in there was absolutely insane. So what was that like getting to kind of bring that honor to Utah and for Coach Lynn, who's been building that program for years now? Yeah, I mean, I say it a lot, but it's just so cool to see, like, especially because I've been in the pack since my freshman year, like, just to see where this Mm -hmm. program, like, kind of started and where it's at now, it's just... It's just so crazy to think about. Like, you would have never thought, you know, it would be what it is today. You know, I just think it's such a cool thing that, you know, Coach Gavin and Coach Lynn have been coaching together for for a long time now. And, you know, just having those two, like, build this program from, like, the ground up, it's, it's just such a cool thing to see. And I feel like that's why this program is so doesn't get complacent and stays hungry just because, you know, they've been at the bottom. And, you know, once you're at the top, you want to stay there and and keep pushing. So it's a great thing to see. And I'm super happy for, you know, the program and that I could be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Seeing Utah our freshman year, it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, they were one of those games. It was like, okay. But then seeing you guys now, it's it's been a complete flip. Mm-hmm. which is wild to have seen just in a short amount of time. And so you guys make it to the Sweet 16. It was a really tough loss. I remember watching oh and I was like, come on, Utes, like pull it out. You oh know, I goodness. was, but tell me about that Sweet 16 experience because it's really something special, getting to make it deep in the tournament, playing LSU who ended up winning. Talk to me about that game, the tough loss I've been there and what you guys focused on in the off season to, you know, Use that as motivation for now this year. Yeah, that was that one hurt. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but um <laughs> so I I'm think, bringing up trauma here. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you know, I think that game was good for us. We played against, you know, a great team who was super physical, super athletic, and very skilled. And um, you know, I think that was the first team we kind of faced that was uh like that. And you know, I thought mm-hmm. we did a great job throughout the whole game, you know, it kind of came down to those couple possessions where, you know, we 
miss a rebound or something like that. So I think Mm -hmm. just harping on that coming into the season, like how important it is to, you know, just play hard and just want it more than the other team and just how important those like 50-50 balls are. That's something that we've like harped on a lot this year, I feel like. And, you know, whenever we key in on that and we do a good job of it, like we win games. So that's kind of been the carryover, I think, to this year. For sure. Like when you lose a game, especially at the end of the season and it comes down to those little things, those things are going to be harped on all off season. Oh, I yeah. already know Coach Lynn was on y'all. <laughs> and now this season, I'm sure it was a focus. But coming from last season into this season, what do you feel like were your biggest focuses? You know, that's the player of the year. You're already at the top, but now you get the target on your back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how did you continue to elevate your game as we see it now? I think just being confident and then taking great shots I feel like a lot of times you know I'm being keyed in on and you know it opens things Mm -hmm. up for my teammates so just like really focusing on just like decision making and how to make my teammates around me better in those kind of situations Mm -hmm. yeah I mean my outside game too was something that I try to focus on Mm -hmm. more just because you know like I did a lot you know, on the block and in the post last year. So, you know, people are going to try to take that away. So just, you know, creating a better, just getting more sharp on those outside perimeter skills was something I would focus on too. Yeah, well, I mean, you could see it paying off in this season. And I think one thing that makes you so special is that you're very selfless in the way that you play. And so it's hard to stop you because obviously we know you can score. We know you can rebound. But like you said, like, focusing on those great shots and you understand the great players around you. So when you catch a double, it's hard to double you because <laughs> you're like, oh, pass it here, pass it here. I remember scouting and it was like, well, you have to like blindside her, like double when you don't see because <laughs> if, if if she sees you coming, she's throwing it out to one of their open shooters. So it's really hard mm-hmm. to stop somebody like you where you impact the game in all these different areas, which I think just quick give you some flowers. I Thank think you. it's really great. I appreciate but you. That, Oh my gosh, of course, I'm a big fan, fangirling over here. <laughs> but um, preseason, you guys are ranked number five, which is highest preseason ranking mm-hmm. ever, I believe. And you guys have a really strong upperclassman core that came back. And so I know how deep you guys are, but I'm going to name some of your players one by one. And then you could give them like a quick little what makes them so great. Okay. One for me, who is like an unsung hero, who I feel like doesn't get a lot of flowers all the time, is Kennedy McQueen who's like an absolute bucket. So talk to me about her. Oh man, Kennedy, it don't matter if her foot's hurting, if she just sprained her ankle, like she's going to give 110% and she's going to go hard all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, on both ends. And I think that's what's so, that's what's so special about her. And just the way she, you know, she knocks down important shots a lot of the time for us. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. in the last few games, I've just been loving, like, love to see her gain confidence and like just gain you know that like attack mode because you know I I think the way a lot of teams are playing us you know she has to play that way and you know when she does she's she's hard to stop so 
yeah, I know, girl. We've stepped back this <laughs> oh, and that yeah. and reverses. I'm like, slow. And she like doesn't get tired, which is exactly. very That's frustrating. Yeah, keep throwing so new bodies hard. at her. <laughs> she plays so hard, but she doesn't get tired. It doesn't make no sense. <laughs> yes, for 40 minutes. I'm like, give her a sub. Come on. I'm gassed. <laughs> but she's a bucket. And I know Gianna's out with an injury this year, mm-hmm. but like I remember seeing her her freshman year and we had to throw Anna Wilson on her. And Anna's our main go-to. And I'm like, we oh, yeah. Anna on a freshman. She over here. I have a vivid memory of watching her hit like a behind-the-back step-back three in Maples her freshman year. And I remember Anna turning to me and being like, well, oh, well, like, what do we do with that? <laughs> She's so skilled. And talk to me about what makes her so special. And even being out this year, you can tell that she's still so engaged, right? Mm-hmm. She's on the bench. It's not phasing her. She's still being such a great teammate. Yeah, exactly that. She's a great teammate. And, um, you know, as skilled as she is, like, she brings so much more to our team. And it's shown a lot ever since she, mm-hmm. she's gotten hurt. You know, she's on the bench counting missed box outs and, uh, you know, who's, who's yeah. doing this, who's doing that. So uh, she's very <laughs> much locked into the games. But... Like, she's just a pure bucket. Like, if yeah. you need a bucket, she's going to go get one. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was super fun playing with her. I'm sad that I didn't get to play with her that much my last year. But, you know, something I've been super impressed with, with her ever since she's been out with her injury is just how much more vocal she's been in that sense. Because she's, she's not the loudest person. She's a pretty quiet person. So, um, uh-huh. you know, just seeing her grow into that role, it's been super cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of her, not only on the court, but off the court. I know Izzy Palmer and seeing their TikTok t- together literally never failed to make me laugh because <laughs> she going she gonna to give it everything she got. Oh, but she yeah. ain't got. Sorry, Gianna, no rhythm, but like she's giving it hey, everything she, got, she, she has. Got no, shame which I, <laughs> no shame, which honestly, I respect it because me, I'd be like, don't put me in this. Yeah. But she goes for it, which I love. Tell me a little bit about the changes that you've seen in your game since you've been at Utah, you know, what things has Coach Lynn focused on with you in expanding? Because you have a really wide skill set. You do it all from handling to finishing around the rim, shooting threes, all these different things. So how do you feel like your game has elevated in your time at Utah? I think the biggest thing for me was getting in better shape and like taking conditioning and like strength just super serious and so I think once I did that it kind of put me in a a better position for me to perform well but I think since I've been at Utah I've gained a lot of confidence like I've said you know I feel like I don't know I feel like when you're on a team full of shooters like you got no choice but to be a good shooter so (laughs) I feel like that (laughs) that part of my game has definitely gotten better and then just like I feel like with the experience it's just so much different. Like you understand and you see things like so much different and you kind of make it, make it easier for yourself in like ways you probably wouldn't have your freshman year. So I yeah. think those things and then being smarter about my decisions and being disciplined, things like that. Yeah. No, I think senior year is definitely a different mindset that you have. Way freshman different. year, you're just trying to survive out there. <laughs> senior year it's like oh you know I know this is coming you understand mm-hmm. teams better what you're looking for as well shoot senior year Haley compared to freshman year big difference even now mm-hmm. a lot of growth and I'm sure for you as well but getting into the future WNBA has been the dream you're all over the mock drafts which I love to see 
But I know for me last year, I struggled with having that in the future and wanting to focus on that and think about the draft, but also keeping where your feet are mm-hmm. and, you know, balancing your mind and all these different things. So how have you worked on preparing for that next chapter while still focusing on your senior season here at Utah? Yeah, like I feel like I'm in a pretty similar spot, like you said, like just it's kind of hard to focus on just one thing. And, you know, the main thing is where you're at now. And I think I've like when I first started to, you know, kind of have that just I focus on the WNBA and like have that in the back of my mind and just thinking about like my future and things like that. You know, it got kind Mm -hmm. of just like overwhelming a little bit. You know, it was kind of just I guess took away from just like my focus on the now, like you said. And so I just try to just trust in my coaches that they will do like everything in their power to put me in the best position like for that. And then also just taking care of things like signing with the agent and things like that to get me prepared Mm -hmm. for that. So I don't really have to worry about it. But yeah, I've just been trying to trying to focus on, you know, the end of season because, you know, it's getting down to it's getting down to the wire. So, um, you know, really got to focus in now. So. Yeah, it's about to be crunch time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, end of Pac-12. The rankings are all over the place right now. Pac-12 <laughs> tournament and then into March Madness. But before we get into the end of the season, I want to talk about at the beginning, you had your Alaska homecoming game. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, seeing on Instagram and everything, how many people came to see you. I was like, is this all of Alaska? <laughs> like, it was crazy. And so playing against University of Anchorage, how special was it? Because we've talked about how important community is to you. How special was it to go and play in your home state, have your community come out? But also, like, you're a really big role model for a lot of the young girls in Alaska, but also for young Polynesian girls. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the impact that it had on you getting to go back and see everything that, you know, you kind of showed another gateway that people can take out of Alaska to play basketball and do all these different things. It was super special. Like, that trip was everything for me, and I was so, so grateful and so glad that we got to take that trip. It felt kind of weird playing in that arena just because, like, the last time I played there was in high school. And, um, you know, I even, like, I won my all my volleyball state championships in there, my basketball ones, and then my wrestling state championships. So it was just cool to, like— Oh, wow, a lot of, a lot of state championships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just cool to, like, go back there— And it was just like one of those moments where like you're back where everything started and um, like it kind of just seemed like a movie or like a fairy tale. And just to have like everybody who I grew up around and my family and just like old coaches and everything like that. It was just unlike anything I've ever experienced. And, um, you know, seeing the impact that I have on so many people and seeing all the people that came out to support me, it was just... I knew I was making an impact, but I think that really opened my eyes to see, like, there's people that certain young girls look up to when they're younger to, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of find that pathway to doing what they want to do in life. And, um, you know, to be that for, for the girls of, like, my same culture, it's, I don't even got the words to describe it. Like, it's just (laughs) <laughs> it's so crazy to me, like, oh, man, like, yeah, it's just so crazy. And I'm just so I'm just so blessed and grateful to be in this position and to have so many people think so highly of me and, and just support me the way they do. So, 
you couldn't have said any better. I think I couldn't agree more in that, like, you get so caught up in the day-to-day of in the grind. You're in school, you're doing basketball stuff that you're not thinking about how young girls out here looking up to mm-hmm. you. And I'm like, I'm just trying to make it through the day. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, like, I'm over here looking up to other people and there's people behind me looking up to me mm-hmm. as well. And I think what's so special about what you said is like, being that representation for your community and how important that is for you being who you are and showing that the young Polynesian girls in Alaska or whatever they are all around the world, like you're somebody that they can look up to and be like, oh, she looks like me. Like being that representation Mm -hmm. that you didn't have is so special. And I think being in that position is probably like, I don't think of myself that way. You know, your family gives you crap. You do it, whatever. Like, you don't, you don't think of yourself in that light. But when you have experiences like that, it's surreal. And Mm -hmm. just tell me more about like the tattoos in the Polynesian community is huge. Mm -hmm. And break down what that's like to not only for you to have them, but to see people like seeing you have that on national TV, on the biggest stage. How important is that for you to share your culture in that light? It's super important because, you know, I wear like my culture of being Polynesian, being native, like I wear that on my sleeve. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to, you know, have a piece of artwork, you know, and and tattoos are like, especially in like the Polynesian culture, it's like to tell a story. Mine doesn't have like a specific story. Mm -hmm. It's just the designs. But, you know, that's that's kind (laughs) of the, the history behind that. But just to have that. And to kind of have that as like a piece of me to represent my culture and, you know, kind of showcase that out to the world. It's it's super special for me. I think that's that's really cool. Like it's a piece of you and then you get to share it with the world mm-hmm. and other people getting to look up to you and see that like it's really special. And I just want to give you your flowers real quick about how amazing I think you are as a player. But it's crazy to think that as a person, it's even better. Thank you. You're bringing Utah back to prominence from the moment you stepped on campus. This inspirational comeback, pulling yourself out of a dark place from sophomore junior year and just being able to redefine yourself as a person in the national spotlight, being this beacon that we've talked about for representation for your community, I think is really special. And I give you all the kudos, all the flowers, all the things, as you know. So just just a quick, just quick love on you real quick. Big fan (laughs) over here, as you can tell. But before we wrap up, we're going to get into our vibe check, which is rapid fire. Some guests have been great. Some guests have been okay. So I, I think you're going to do great. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll start it off with what's the drill you never want to see on the practice plan? Oh, three minute drill. What is that? It's so it's three down and backs every minute. But she doesn't give us the full minute. We got to finish it in 45 seconds. <laughs> that and sounds so, all right. Yeah. We used to do that if we would give up an offensive rebound on a free throw. That was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Not going to do that. Okay. Game-winning shot or game-winning block? Ooh. Game-winning block. I feel like that's... Ooh. I feel like you're the first one to say that, actually. That's good. Okay. Where's the toughest place to play on the road and why? See, I want to say Colorado because, like, even though we're at elevation, like, their yeah. elevation is higher. So that one's a pretty tough it one. Is. <laughs> yeah, that I hate playing at Colorado. My God, I'm out of breath from the second I get off the plane. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, who's the biggest trash talker you've played against? It could be on Utah or outside of it. Dang. I don't know. I feel like people don't really or I don't be hearing them really. 
but the only time I did was probably LSU injuries. Uh, yeah, she be chatting. She be chatting. Okay. Are you, do you feel, I don't feel like you don't really trash talk very much. You just kind of do your thing out yeah. there and it, it speaks for you. Biggest flopper. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh oh. We have an answer. <laughs> I'm going to say Bella off of Washington State. Cause bro, I remember this <laughs> You're so one right. time vividly where I had the ball and I literally like took a jab step and this girl's already on the floor. I was like, bro, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I you're completely right because she does. I haven't thought of her, but she do be flopping. And I remember she took a charge on Talana or something. And I was like, if you don't get up, <laughs> you are so, you're a foot taller than this girl over here taking a charge. I'm like, oh what are goodness. we doing? That's a good one. That's a sleeper <laughs> flopper. You're right. Okay. Um, who's the hardest player to guard? Mm-hmm. Reagan Beers. Oh, yeah. That we talked be- about that earlier. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your biggest basketball ick? I'm going to say when somebody got... I'm probably guilty of this too sometimes, but when somebody got a wide uh-huh. open left hand layup and they shoot it with their right hand. They're right. <laughs> you got to be safe. Better safe than sorry, honestly. Sometimes yeah, it's true. That's like, I, I get I'm, nervous. I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> <laughs> I just know like whenever a layup is too open, that's when I freak out. I'm like, uh-oh. Like I feel my hand shake. I'm like, oh God, not used to this. Okay. What is your favorite in-game celebration? I don't really be celebrating like that. That's a I lie. Like, I be seeing you throw up some hands for threes. You be doing the oh, two yeah, middle yeah. sometimes. I be seeing the sellies. I'm always throwing yeah. the three because we got some shooters for real. <laughs> I was going to say, I've seen it. Don't, don't come on here. Okay. Uh, who is your celebrity lookalike? If you, if you feel like you have one or you're just one of a kind. That's what some people have said. I don't feel like I have... I don't well, think then I you're have one, one of a kind. I guess so. One of a kind. That's fine. If you could pick someone to play a two-on-two with and you can't pick a teammate of yours, who would you pick? Hmm. I would pick um, Charlize Ledger-Walker. Oh, a bucket. A bucket. 100%. That's a good pick. We haven't had that one yet. Okay, what's your favorite pregame hype song? I like Up All Night by Drake, Nicki Minaj. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good pick. I like that one. Okay, last one is best impression of Coach Roberts. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shoot, bro. She does a lot of things. Hold on. Damn, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for this. It's okay. I'll apologize <laughs> for you. I'll say I egged your arm. Oh, my goodness. I'll be seeing her yell at the refs. I be seeing her yell at the refs a lot. She be up in their oh, ear. Oh, oh, Do we have a good one about God. that? You know what she be saying a lot is she'll be like, <laughs> let me just use one of the refs as a, let me use Melissa. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> she be like, she just be asking, she be like, Melissa, what game are you watching? Like, she'll be yelling at them. <laughs> like, I'm surprised she doesn't get thrown out. It's it's really crazy that she doesn't. You know what? You're so right. Because she be chirping in their ear. I remember there was this one time I was taking out the ball in front of your bench. And I was like right next to her. She was like, Haley, no, 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 no. just talk to me about something. She's like, Haley, you know you found her. Haley, you know you found her. I'm like, girl, I'm trying to focus right now, Lynn. She be chatting. But yeah, 
not Melissa. Melissa be trying her best. She really do. But this is a wrap. Melissa, you've been so great. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. And thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back with another episode of Sometimes I Hope. Players Tribune.com